but how do we do grammar? Crystal Joy Campbell here. Thanks for joining me in Classical Matters. Today, we're laying down some practical ways to actually do grammar in your home school. It may not be as hard or as boring as you think, so stick around. You know, I'm one of those people who likes to take action. The doing part, rather than the planning part, is usually the larger piece of any endeavor for me. I'm quite creative, so I can sketch out a rough draft or identify the big rocks and fill the gaps as I go. But I realize this may not be how some of you are most comfortable rolling with things. So, since these episodes are just short springboards to launch you into your week, I cannot go into a lot of detail about the how-tos of grammar. This episode will lay out for you the variety of practices, or the big rocks, but it won't be able to fill in all the gaps. Now, I want to support you as much as I can, so I'm hosting live interactive workshops on the practices of grammar. These are small classes with limited spots. Be sure to get one while they're still available. Check out the workshop on my website, www.crystaljoycampbell.com. Click on the Services drop-down menu and you will find workshops for more information. So, let's jump in. We understand that there are two types of grammar, general and special. What we have learned is that general grammar teaches us to relate words to realities and ideas, where special grammar teaches us how to relate words to other words, like Latin grammar or English grammar. This is important because when we introduce grammar in our homeschool, we want to go from general grammar to special grammar. We want our students to learn to see the world through words, through language first. Once this is well established, then we can ask them to sharpen their view and take a closer look at the functioning of words and language. So, remember, from broad to specific, from general to special, from whole to part. This is fundamental in classical education. It is one of the elements that distinguishes itself from modern education. Classical education goes from whole to part. It looks first to synthesize ideas and then analyze, whereas modern education looks to lead the student in knowledge by way of the critical method or analysis. Classical education wants to lead the student in knowledge by way of synthesis, with the end being the connectedness or unity of all things. Okay, back to the practical. Our process is to lead the student from general grammar to special grammar. From all that we've learned about general grammar, we can conclude that through naming and knowing, the student is increasing their knowledge. But we don't want them to only have knowledge. We want them to be at home in language as well. So before we introduce the actual functioning of language, our two concerns are ensuring our students have a large storehouse of knowledge and being at home in language. Let's take a look at the first one, a well-stocked storehouse of knowledge. What is this? Well, it's a deep knowing of the natural world, ourselves, and God. So how do we help the students to build a well-stocked storehouse of knowledge? Like I said, it is through naming and knowing that their storehouse is built. It is through their interaction with the natural world, humanity, and God. It's through direct 
and indirect interaction through their own experiences and the experiences and insights of others, particularly of authors. So we let them explore. We give them time to explore, explore the neighborhood and surrounding areas, new places, new ideas. We let them explore by doing. We let them explore worthy books that span across multiple subjects through reading aloud or independent reading. We ensure that they are exploring not just the natural world, but humanity and God as well. And these are done through stories and storytelling, poetry, song, tradition. Tradition would include things like family history and local history, folk songs, sacred songs, and texts. We want our children to learn from the exploration, not build a database of facts. When we read, our goal is not only to know about the text, but more importantly, we want to understand what the text brings to light. And this is where narration is immensely helpful. Simply put, narration is telling back. It's not an outline or a summary of what was read, but it comes from the student's own thinking. Narration allows the student to make up her own mind and heart about what she gleaned from the text. Narration is first done orally, and then once the student has ample experience, then narration can be written. So let's recap at this point. Number one, we want to begin in general grammar and only move into special grammar once the student has built a sufficient storehouse of knowledge. In my experience, that starts to take shape in later elementary. Number two, in general grammar, we want to give ample opportunity for the student to encounter naming and knowing through their interaction with the natural world, humanity, and God. Number three, that interaction is through direct and indirect exploration, through their own experiences and encounters and the experiences and insights of others, namely worthy authors. And number four, narration is immensely helpful in building a well-stocked storehouse of knowledge. So what we really need to do is allow them to explore, read, narrate. Now let's move on to our second concern. Remember I said, before we introduce the actual functioning of language or special grammar, our two concerns are ensuring our students have a large storehouse of knowledge and being at home in language. We've covered a large storehouse. Now let's look at what it means to be at home in language. Being at home in language is being able to speak, listen, read, and write, to perceive what things are, to know them, to be able to discern which voices or authors in the language are worthy and good to learn from. We become at home in language through imitation and memory. We are first initiated into language through listening and speaking. The rhythm and cadence of language becomes intuitive or second nature to us as we continue to be immersed in the language. We develop an ear for it, you could say. It becomes natural to determine if something sounds right. This skill was developed through memory and imitation. And we continue to use memory and imitation to become even more at home in language. 
This is why exercises like copywork, dictation, reading aloud, memorization, recitation are so very helpful. We place in front of the child works that are worthy to be imitated. We ask them to become immersed in them, so they become more at home in language. As I've said, the more at home they are in language, the more they develop their ear, their ability to determine if something sounds right. Then, when it is time to transition into special grammar to learn the process and functioning of language, they are well equipped to engage in the analytical aspect of grammar. Using memory and imitation to be at home in language looks like copywork and later dictation. It looks like the child reading aloud and choral reading with others. They will become more at home in language with memory work and recitation of beautiful and worthy passages, which can be taken from poetry, stories and literature, famous speeches, scripture, songs, to name a few. In the early years, we spend our time ensuring the child builds a well-stocked storehouse of knowledge and becoming at home in language. As the child becomes older, like later elementary, grade 5 or 6, the introduction of special grammar happens. But please note, it is an inclusion of special grammar and not an exclusion of general grammar. General grammar needs to continue. The student will still need the opportunity to build up their storehouse of knowledge, and they still need the opportunity to continue to become more and more at home in language. So what does this all really look like? Well, for special grammar, it looks like an introduction to the parts of speech, conjugations and declensions, and diagramming sentences, learning the rules of composition and the mechanics of language. And a formal grammar curriculum could be helpful at this point. If you are anything like me, I need assistance with all the ins and outs of grammar. It looks like introducing etymology, which is the study of the origin of words and how they evolve. And this flows naturally out of elementary vocabulary. For general grammar, it looks like the continuation of what has been done in the past. But the text will increasingly become harder, more advanced. And it still needs to be taken from across many subjects. The narrations are longer and more complex. The memory work and recitation continue, but with longer and more advanced works. And the student will start to use oration, not just recitation. In recitation, the student speaks the voice of other authors. But in oration, the student starts to speak their own voice through their own works. We can see as the students practice the art of grammar, they are continuing to listen, speak, read, and write as they build a well-stocked storehouse and become at home in language. The student takes on the classical pattern of learning by synthesizing first and analyzing only that which has first been understood or embraced sympathetically, as it says in the book, The Liberal Arts Tradition. We journey in the art of grammar from our own very dawn of language as infants throughout our whole lives by naming and knowing, by paying attention, memorizing, imitating, connecting, imagining, comparing, listening, speaking, reading, and writing. 
And we continue using exercises like copywork, dictation, narration, memorization, recitation, and oration. And these will strengthen the muscles needed to be an artist of grammar. Don't forget to check out the takeaways. These give you the key points of the episode in short form. They are in the show notes, but if you're anything like me and need a hard copy to put up as a reminder, go to my website, www.crystaljoycampbell.com, and from the podcast drop-down menu, you can find takeaways, or click the link called takeaways. It will redirect you to where you can download a copy to print. And if you want to hone your craft in the art of grammar, sign up for my online live workshop. Get your spot before they're gone, as these are small classes with limited spots. I hope these short episodes of Classical Matters give you a springboard for the rest of your week to think, explore, contemplate, ponder, and discuss classical education. I would love to hear from you, because real transformation happens through dialogue, conversation, and community. Leave me a comment by following me on Facebook at Cultivating Classical Educators or reach out to me through my website. Both are linked in the show notes. Share this with a friend and follow the Classical Matters podcast and join the great conversation of classical education. Don't forget to join me next time. Blessings for your week.